Y'all know makeup is not my thing, okay? I am an everyday girl and I try, but I don't know what I'm doing. But the lip bar has everything I need to still look beat, even if I don't know what I'm doing. Visit thelipbar.com and use the code Maggie, that's M-A-G-G-I-E, to save 10% on your next purchase. What do you have to lose? My name is Maggie and I just happen to be black. Coulda named this black Margaret Ellen, but ain't nobody saying all that. I get to sit and talk to smart people that might be my friends. All to get a greater understanding of how oppression might end. But I don't always talk about business because edges, they matter too. So do credit scores and homesteading and how to find a good shoe. I just want the space to be good for us and it's something that we own. I ain't gonna talk y'all to death. I just want us all to grow. Black Maggie. everybody welcome back to the black maggie podcast and i'm very excited this week i have my friend okay now i'm gonna tell you when when you have someone that is like sis do the thing you said you were gonna do right just real plain just you know any time of the day just just do what you said you were gonna do okay thanks friend here, read this book, because I feel like my spirit said that you need to just align right now. Read this book that's just good for you. Okay, sis, thank you. Um, I'm very excited to introduce to you the illustrious Raina Moore. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I am so happy to be here. I will try to live up to that incredible introduction that you just gave me. Um, <laughs> just super excited um, to be here and, and talk to you a little bit about, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but just this last year and yeah. how we've been managing. Uh, one of the things that has gotten me through this year has been uh, knowing that there are like-minded people in my life, people who love me, people who get me. Uh, and I, I would say over the last year, uh, we have known each other for a very long time, but I would say over the last year, we've gotten to know each other as adults, uh, become friends as adults, and not just people who went to high school together uh, and still know one another. So I have been really grateful for just having people that I can have these conversations with. So being able to come on here and just have this time uh, is incredible. I'm super excited. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I am super excited. I was just like, wait, you wanna, you wanna? Okay, great. <laughs> no hesitation. I um, I I love the fact that it was kind. Of, we have, I won't say parallel, but very similar. Um, like in the city, away from the city, back to the city kind of stories. Um, and so our lens on the things that are happening currently are always like we always have an added flavor to it because it's not just like a hometown feel or mm-hmm. global right I'll, I'll say that i feel like that's a fair way to put it um so i want to talk about this last year 2020 was so I, I'll, I'll tell you how it was at my house because i know yes. it looks like online <laughs> So what what was happening in my house was I had a t- brand new two year old that I was like, sis, I need assistance figuring out what to do. Like, 
okay? Mm -hmm. um, so that's what <laughs> you saw. What you didn't see um, was kind of he evolved into this person with preferences and yes. like we transitioned from like the open crib to a bed like we all of these things happen in this last year from him never having like slept anywhere around me at night to every night mm -hmm. he's got to like find his way so then that was happening um you saw me get married on on, on the internet okay. i did you had the best wedding shoes i've ever seen they were amazing. I want some similar ones. Should I ever make it down anyone's aisle? You know. A cool $15. Okay. Shut the front door. <laughs> I want them even more now. <laughs> $15. Um, you saw that, but kind of what you did not see was um, the struggle, right, of being disconnected, I really thought I was an introvert. I thought I was a massive introvert. And I thought that when this thing first hit, I was like, I'm I get to be alone, great. I love it, so I thought, right? And then it was like this transition into, oh no, I need people. And so like, like I feel like you became one of my people in this last year that is just like, no, I understand. No, it actually is hard. You're not tripping. So help me, like, what did it look like versus what was really happening with you? Yes, yes. So uh, I default to comedy to process uh, a myriad of different unpleasant emotions when I'm feeling them. And so I would say uh, for people who are connected to me, online uh i focus on comedy as you know i have a five-year-old who is hilarious he loves to get me together gather me uh you know all of those things and so i try uh, have tried over the last year to really focus on those things that are funny comical uh light-hearted about my life um, I would say the things that I either didn't share or shared less frequently um, were that I was just struggling in a number of ways. Uh, one of the things that only people really close to me know is that I am a deeply anxious person, uh, which can be helpful to me at times because it, it fuels my productivity. Um, but anxiety is is very taxing on the body. And so I, uh, while most of my life I have just considered myself an anxious person, uh, what I think the pandemic brought about for me was that um, just this term, oh, I worry a lot. You know, my mother would use the term worry ward. But what this pandemic has made me realize is that um, I don't just come from a long line of women who worry. Uh, I think that uh, my mother comes from a gen generation that does not prioritize mental health care. Uh, my mother could have benefited from that uh, had she been, had she felt comfortable, had she had the resources, had she had the knowledge and the understanding. And so what I've come to realize now in my 30s is that no, uh, I did not just inherit my mother's worrisome tendencies, um, but that 
at this level of anxiety is not healthy, is not normal, is not something that I have to just accept as a part of my life. And I think this pandemic and my life changing so drastically, pretty much overnight, uh, as, as all of ours did, forced me to confront, you are a deeply anxious person and your anxiety is keeping you from living your fullest life, right? And um, I wasn't okay with that for a number of reasons. Similar to you, I always counted myself an introvert. What I realized and what I've come to realize, I guess, is a better way to put it during this pandemic is that one of the hallmarks of introversion is choice. So I like to be able to choose solitude. I don't want solitude forced upon me. And so I think when we talk about introverts, right, there is this assumption that that we are people who are deeply antisocial and that is not the case. We can be quite social, but we like having the choice of when not to be, right? And so, uh, yes, I do enjoy my solitude, but I like to have the autonomy to choose when that solitude comes and when it's not there. Um, and so this year has just been challenging for me in those ways. Um, blending work home life, I, I realized that there were just no boundaries anywhere. I was, when does work stop? When does home life begin? Um, for me, there was a switch that came for me around the summer of 2020. I was on a, some kind of call or meeting for work and Chase <laughs> came to where I was and almost like he was kind of cautiously approaching me, which is weird because Chase is very bold and he kind of doesn't cautiously approach anything. And he said, mommy, I'm so sorry for interrupting you. Um, can we watch TV when you don't have to work anymore? And um, <laughs> I'm going to get emotional thinking about it. My, at the time, he was not he was four. Um, and so for my four-year-old to essentially ask me to pencil him in uh, was not okay with me. Sure. And so uh, I decided that I needed to do something different. Um, yes, my work-life balance, you know, was gone at that point, but I was unwilling to have my son feel as though he is peripheral right. to anything, um, especially um, a job. And so I think that's kind of when the light bulb went, went off for me that I consciously needed to do something different. If I was going to get through this pandemic with my sanity, if I was going to help my son get through it with any sort of normalcy um, that I could not just keep plugging along like this was normal, like my constant anxiety was normal, like the loneliness, the loneliness I felt was normal. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I struggled 
deeply, but I think I, I struggled deeply at the beginning, but I think around the summer is when I started to say, okay, what are the things that are important to you, most important to you? And yeah. interestingly enough, my career didn't even make the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I challenged myself to name the five most important things in my life, which is a lot. Uh, I started with three and then I was like, I'm gonna need five because there are some things I care about. Uh, yeah, and, and my career didn't crack the top five. And I thought that that was very telling. Um, and so I just, at that time, made the shift to say, yes, I do have to survive. And so I am going to give my all when I'm working, but I am also going to assert some boundaries. And I apologize, I'm gonna give my all to my family and my home life as well. And I think once I made that shift, I started to do a little better. But I mean, it's even hard reflecting on the last year because it feels like we're saying, it's over or we're done and it's like no not exactly we're we're hopefully shifting in a direction of being able to return to some sense of of normal social engagement but we're still in this i'm still struggling i'm still anxious i'm still reading every book i can get my hands on to try to really achieve this mastery of self, right? Like, how do you unlock yourself? And so that's kind of where I've gotten to, which I'm appreciative of, because a year ago, I I couldn't have made that statement that I was in a place of excitement about how I can transform my life. So it's been good in that way, but it has been a really challenging year I couldn't throw my son a birthday party which I didn't realize how important that was for me you know so I could I could I could wax poetic all day about this stuff but it's been yeah it's been a it's been a year (laughs) you know I think about I think about um kind of like I feel like you are like one of the blueprints that I watch in motherhood right because like your child is older than mine and it's like I see like okay things are happening I'm like okay brace myself because this may be you know I'm taking notes trying to figure this thing out but it's the gathering right it's the gathering that these children do and when you were saying like Chase so eloquently said like you know when you're not so busy at his little bitty age was like do you do you love me I said well yeah of course the most. he said well you gotta stop telling me to go away I was like what do you do this year has forced us to evaluate our existence right and I think about um I think about putting that list of things together. My career is probably in my in my five, but I feel like it's in there because I've tethered it to like my top three. Yes. Yeah. It's in there because it's wound around my top. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I think about how 
we cannot go back to pre 2020 standards of living. I don't think that that will work. We're totally different people now. We, our value sets have changed. You know, I don't know. I don't know how isolated you were, but in this house, we, we, if you can't heat it, you can't eat it. Okay. <laughs> Ran down anything that comes to the door. No shoes anywhere past the hot zone. Like you're mm -hmm. gonna be like, it's, it's been. And so, like, were you all that locked down, or did you like get a chance to see something? Because we haven't seen a thing. <laughs> yeah, so we were not that locked down. I would say mm -hmm. we were locked down. I think for us, it was a little easier because at the time, um, so now uh, we, Chase, my partner and I are all uh, living together uh, in the same home, which uh, has been great. Um, and amazing, but at the time when the pandemic first started, um, Chase and I were lucky in the sense that school shifted, uh, school was canceled for him essentially, and then um, I was working fully from home. And so in that sense, we didn't have to, uh, we didn't have a lot of contact with the outside world. And so home was like our germ-free zone and we were good there and so it didn't feel like um, the pandemic sort of breached kind of that barrier, right? So I was grateful to not have to do those things you talked about in terms of like implementing a whole process for when we come in from work, what is our hot zone? What do we do with these clothes? Don't put, put them past there. Uh, but then the flip side to that is that we just did not spend very much time um, or around anyone we were uh, I was blessed enough to be able to uh, be self-contained and maintain my living which I am remain grateful for um, but almost never leaving and then I it, it got a little frustrating for me because I am a person who you know I work very hard at, I, I distinctly remember my mother knowing at a very young age that my mother's life was hard I distinctly remember getting a little older and coming to the realization that when I was an adult, I didn't want my life to be that hard. Um, and I say all that saying that my mother is the most incredible person I've ever known, hands down. Um, but her life has always been hard. Um, and so it's been an interesting dynamic, admiring someone while simultaneously wanting your life to be different than theirs. And so that was... That was my experience, right? And so, um, um, because of that, I always have been a person that is willing to spend the money that I work very hard for on things that make my life easier. I, um, I work really hard to break the narrative of like, I don't want anyone to think that I am like the strong black woman. I don't want to be that trope. Um, I'm strong when I can be. And when I'm not, I'm not, right? And being characterized as a strong black woman, it, it kind of strips you of your humanity, your ability to be weak, the space to be weak, the space to need, right? And so uh, I'm just not buying into that. Uh, before I was raised by strong black women and like I love them but like 
I realized when I became a mother, a mother to a black son, especially, um, that what he sees of me um, will be the norm for him and what he will expect of the women in his life. And so if he sees me uh, never asking for help and therefore never receiving it, um, never prioritizing myself, uh, putting everyone ahead of myself all the time, being a martyr, uh, trying to save the world, uh, versus trying to be well for myself, uh, that is what he will think of black women, expect of black women. Uh, he will engage with black women with that lens. And I decided, Maggie, that what I want to model for my son um, is a black woman living her best life. Uh, Chase and I relax every single day. We have at least 30 minutes where we relax I teach him that mommy prioritizes relaxing. I enjoy relaxing. I will relax as much as I possibly could. I tell him that. I don't feel bad about it. I don't feel lazy about it because what I'm doing is I'm stripping myself of all of these labels um, that not only have been placed upon me, but that I accepted, right? Because uh, you talk about like that friend that like sent you that book, right? When I was reading it, I was thinking about you. Like I knew when I finished it that I was going to send it to you. And like literally I texted you as soon as I finished it and I ordered the book for you probably right after that. Like, or when I saw your message and you was like, oh, okay, I'm reading that next. I was like, okay, say less. <laughs> Let's get it on now. But one of the things in there, right, it talks about um, domestication and how all of the things that we believe as a child come from other spaces and other people, right? But the piece that resonated so much with me was like, yes, these things were were placed upon us, but it only becomes imprinted when we agree to it, right? And so what I realized is that there were all these labels about Black women um, that had been both imposed upon me and that I had come to accept. And I'm just unwilling to live those anymore. And I think especially this year, this last year, uh, has kind of been confirmatory for me um, because I had already kind of started that process of unlearning. Um, but it's been confirmatory for me that I am on the right track um, because I just want peace. I want to be free. And I think I'm grateful for this year in the sense that one of the things that I talk about with my friends all the time uh, pre-COVID uh, was this idea in our generation. I said, how did our generation and then the generation right behind us, Gen Z, at what point did we learn to prioritize labor in such a way? Like, where did that come from? Why have we accepted that, right? And so how many times do we log on to the internet, you know, first thing in the morning and we see people get into the donuts or just pull the double, get like me. And it's like, absolutely not. I don't want to do that. It's the opposite of what I want to do, actually. I want to work smarter, not harder. I want to spend less time in the office. I want to think about how I can streamline things so that I have more time to do what I want to do, relax, spend time with my son. I literally started putting into my work calendar, like mm -hmm. 
playtime with Chase, have dinner with my family, different things. I have morning time ritual, like, and I have made clear to everyone on my team, like, from 8 to 9.30, like, I'm not going to be available. And I utilize that time. So I use from 6 to about 8 to connect with Chase. That's when we're having breakfast, we're getting ready for school or whatever, wherever it is we're going. Um, we eat, we spend time, I shower, I meditate. Like, it's on my calendar that, like, I, this is my time. Yeah. every single morning mon monday through friday and i want to i want publicly facing for people to see that and know that that's what i'm doing i'm not going to pretend i am presenting and living authentically so i'm not going to put on here that i have some important thing that i'm working on every morning or i'm prepping for my day i'm actually not i'm relaxing sometimes i cut out three-fourths of that list and i lay in the bed with chase for that entire time until it's time to go and it's like that's how I want to live my life. And so I'm grateful to the pandemic for sort of forcing us out of that grind, 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 grind. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I forced myself out of it a long time ago, but I'm glad. I want to see that on a larger scale because we spend so much time surviving that we never even focus on what does thriving look like for me? What does actually living look like for me? Yeah, so listen, Maggie, you gonna have to, you gonna have to stop me, okay? Cause you know, I would just keep going. You, gonna, you the host, you gonna have to interject and be like, girl. <laughs> when I need a beat, I'm, I'm gonna take a beat, but I'm telling you, you were screaming everything. Like, so this, this whole platform, this podcast specifically was born out of those feelings in that moment, right? Yeah. And I am, I'm mouthy. So that's just kind of what I, I need to talk about it. I need to, you know, I can, yeah. but I need to talk about it. And so this entire thing was born out of those exact feelings in that moment. <sighs> because, you know, it's just like, um, I feel like when the, unrest happened right mm -hmm. um, I was in a position that I was part of the people that were called in the room at my job to like sort out what are the next steps and I was immediately offended mm -hmm. I was like first of all this is not my department second of all like you know what I mean second of all I need to find out how I'm gonna keep showing up in these spaces and be okay and not cussing people out and not, you know what I mean? And not having these like triggering, you know, scab opening moments yeah. in the workspace. Yeah. And it was from that moment that I felt immediately offended that I was just like, oh, I have to make a thing. I have to create something because the world's not gonna give this to me at all. I have to make it. I've gotta, yeah. I've gotta make a space. I got, okay, so then the first thing was like, okay, this, this uh, urban homesteading, I got buckets on my front porch right now that there's like stuff starting to come up. My garlic is popping right now. I gotta put some flowers around and all that, but I was just like, okay. I dug up my bushes out from in the front of my house. I had two like great big evergreen bushes. They gotta go, cause I need to put some food. <laughs> 
because it was just like it was such an overwhelming amount of we were already um grieving the lives we knew before yeah only to be confronted with this thing like yeah i know life like you like it was it's gone but you know one thing that's gonna stay the same racism and it was just like you know i don't want to <laughs> if we gotta leave stuff behind can we leave that too yes. can we leave that too because i don't want to we gotta leave everything else that we knew i don't want that mm -hmm. to come with us mm -hmm. um, and so it was just like oh the world's not gonna hand it over no matter how much I ask for it. Yeah. So let me make it. And when I make it, I'm gonna call everybody that ever made me feel good, right? Positive in any kind of way. And I'm gonna yeah. stand down in this space and we're gonna hold these conversations. And sometimes it's just me talking to myself, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, I. it's crazy that um, circling back to the book that you sent me. The book is The Four Agreements. I don't have, I'm not plugging them in any kind of way, but you might as well, because I feel like we've talked about it like three times. Yeah! So we talk, we're talking about The Four Agreements, but the fact that when you read it, you were like, oh no, I need to send this to her. It's hilarious to me, because it's just like, that was everything I needed to put the capstone on the feelings that I've been trying, I've been trying to bootleg this thing, like, that's what, that's what's been happening, is me trying to, like, bootleg get to this thing, and I had these ideas, and I had these thoughts and principles, and, like, stuff that I had gathered from all of these very smart people, but that just kind of, like, put a bow on it, um, so I thank you for that. Um, you're so welcome, um, thank you for just being a part of my village, and for reminding me that I do have a community. Like, uh, you have been one of those people. For me, I was so grateful and honored uh, to hear you at the beginning say that I had become one of those people in your life because the, the feeling is absolutely mutual. And I think, uh, you know, as we're talking about healing, right? I think that that's so appropriate because a huge part of healing is knowing that you're not alone, mm -hmm. uh, feeling like you're heard, you're understood, right? And so um, hearing you say how much you got out of that, it's like, I don't even think you understand how much I got out of gifting you the book and having it resonate with you in, in such a way, right? That was an energy exchange between us, not a gift being given to a recipient, but like two friends exchanging energy. And as much as you needed the energy that came from um, the gift, mm -hmm. I also needed the energy of knowing that something that I did for somebody that I cared about uh, moved them. It's like to receive that back, mm -hmm. it was like, oh my God, I needed this too, right? And so I think we, I th my hope for myself in my own life is just to be more intentional about those energy exchanges. I think if we're talking about ways I've kept myself during the last year, another thing um, 
that I try to do all the time, even outside of this pandemic, but that has become a lot more meaningful to me now. Mm-hmm. I realized when I um, was pregnant with Chase, um, and in my third trimester, I would say around that time is when um, I moved away. I moved to Texas for a while. I was already living in Chicago. I moved to Texas. Chase is actually born in Texas, but there was um, a lot just shifting in my life. I was becoming a mother. Um, there was a lot happening. And I just started to be inundated with cards and things for the baby. They were sending to me in Texas from all over the country Mm -hmm. uh, from friends of mine and people who cared about me, right? And these were not just coming from my closest circle of friends, Mm -hmm. but friends from college and just people... who cared enough about me to care that I was having a baby and to do something nice, right? And so it would be the smallest things, but to know that people were thinking about me uh, and wanting to do something nice, it was so transformative for me during a time when I really needed it. I knew in that moment or during that period of time that I needed to be that for other people and be that for my loved ones because it was just so remarkably moving uh, for me in my life, right? And so what what I've come to realize, Maggie, is that there are things that on my end are the tiniest lift for me uh, that are hugely impactful for other people. And this year uh, has reminded me of the importance of that, not just for my loved ones, but again, just like I explained with you, that energy exchange, right? And so I do stuff like that all the time. Like literally for my friends, we will talk about something. I probably sent four other people that book. Like literally, they're like, I need to read it. Where is it? It is, um, you know, I have Amazon Prime. My orders go out pretty fast. Books go out pretty fast. Um, I buy cards in bulk and I will just send a greeting card. I just got a whole bunch of Black Girl Magic cards. So like you, you probably gonna be getting one of them soon, you know, uh, for my friends, just things that I just think it's important to understand the ripples that our actions have. And I would say this year I've really learn that more than before. Um, People not having direct access to each other the way that we used to. Those moments that anytime you can do something um, that is so effortless for you, but so life-changing for another person, why would you not take every opportunity to to do that, you know? And so uh, that has also been a part of my self-care is like trying to just pour into the people who I love, you know, because we need it. So. Look, if there was ever a thing, I'm going to tell you, I feel like TikTok kind of kept me um, sane. 
I'm mad you didn't tell me about it. I told you. Remember, I texted you. I said, wait, friend. How did you let me make it through almost a year of this pandemic? <laughs> Tell me about TikTok. It's amazing. Look at us, millennials on TikTok. <laughs> but I'm like, but it's those energy exchanges. There are people on there that like, there's some people that are actively trying to get famous. And that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I found probably the most valuable is the people that like, okay, well, we follow each other. Well, if you post something, then I'm gonna watch what you post. And I'm gonna uh-huh. say, and if I post something, you know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. it's that that energy exchange and it's so simple and it's free and it's like you know it's no big thing but it's just like i feel like we learned how to connect in this last year because that was the thing that i'm gonna tell you i still catch myself putting my head down and getting too busy because that is my default my default yeah is um like an overabundance of work, saying yes too much, doing too many things, um, involving myself, volunteering and things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like this last year really was an education on meaningful exchanges versus like being in people's face. That's being in people's face is one thing, right? Meetings and yada yada and go here, go there, like that's one thing. But those meaningful exchanges, I feel like we learned how to do it because we didn't have anything else. Yeah. Um, and and so I'm like, I, I I know that we could probably talk for about another hour. <laughs> <laughs> But I try to keep this short for my podcast listeners. Oh, um, God, I know. It's just like two friends getting together, though. It's hard to, like, you know. I know. I just went. Listen, listen, y'all. She told me. Listen, I'm going to tell your audience. Maggie told okay. me at the beginning she can edit it down. So I just went. I talked and I talked and I talked. And I know you can edit that part, too. That's why I knew I could say it. But so, you know. I probably won't because I'm gonna tell you it I feel like this is the thing that the people needed to hear and I feel like this um is one of the like I've, I've had a few conversations so far this one um kind of helps illustrate exactly what I was trying to accomplish with this season because it's just like you know the the platform is surviving and thriving as a black woman in america the podcast is right you know this this season of the podcast is about healing um and i feel like we we drop some things off in the people's lap for them to kind of chew on there we go you know and some resources i want to make sure though that people know how to contact you um so they can get your energy mix a little bit and and what you have going on (laughs) so we're going to close out but i'm not going to do it before you can tell the people where to find you and then what all you have to offer yes no if if you don't mind uh, maggie before i tell everyone where they can reach me i did uh i I don't want to leave this conversation without saying that um we're all doing 
work, right? Mm -hmm. Reflective work, deeply personal work. And so I do just want to say a um, little bit of just encouragement, right? That work is difficult. And some days you will be a rock star um, at being enlightened and above the fray. Um, and other days, you know, you simply won't. And one of the things uh, right now, Maggie, that I really want to share um, with you and with anyone listening is that right now, I'm in a space where the universe is bringing so much manifested peace and ease into my life. Peace and ease that I have done the work to manifest, that I have been intentional about. I see them coming to pass. And even in realizing my own power, I still am doubting the peace and the ease that is coming into my life. I still am pushing back against it um, because there is that peace that feels like it's too good to be true. Um, what I realize is that I've gotten so used to life being difficult uh, that when it becomes less difficult, it feels wrong. And yeah. so I know we've been talking for a while, but I did just want to share that um, peace, ease, love, happiness, black girls, they are not wrong, right? They feel wrong. They may feel weird. They may not feel like home because we've gotten so used to surviving, but they are home, right? Peace, ease, joy, happiness, vulnerability, thriving, right? They are all ours. And I don't want for us to get lost in this idea that black women don't live peaceful lives, easeful lives, um, carefree lives. We can, we do. It's not too good to be true. We deserve it all. And so I did just want to say that. And to that end, uh, one of the ways that I am trying to keep myself free uh, is by doing the work that I love. Um, so I am, I do work as a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant. Um, I work with a number of different individuals and entities, um, institutions of higher education. Um, I've even done cultural competency uh, trainings with the Chicago police and the Cincinnati police, interestingly enough. Um, and so uh, my work, uh, my life's mission is in um, creating a world where my son is free. Right, And so every conversation that I can have um, with people and with organizations um, to help them understand and see my son's humanity and the humanity of all the other little boys that look like him, that is important to me. So help us to stay free. <laughs> Book me. I can be reached at ReinaMoore.com. That is my first and last name. Um, 
um, I'm sure that my good friend is going to have a description box somewhere. So all of that stuff will be in there. Um, but again, uh, this work, these conversations um, are incredibly meaningful to me. And I just feel so grateful uh, to have spent this time with you, friend. Thank you so much for having me. Likewise, likewise. Thank you so much for being here. Everyone, I want to thank my listeners. Um, I want to make sure that you go and you visit her website because I'm telling, like, I'm going to stop hitting record. We're probably going to talk for a little bit. After. That's right. Come on. I was about to say, don't kick me off yet. <laughs> um, but absolutely, she does amazing work. Um, I'm so proud of what she's done in our hometown, what she's done elsewhere. So thank you. Um, and I will catch y'all on the next episode of the Black Maggie Podcast. Take care.